There are entrepreneurs that are making so much more than profit in their enterprises. They are creating businesses that really add value to others, and so can you. Welcome to Be More, Achieve More, inspiration for the entrepreneurial mind with Chris Cooper. If you're looking for ways to develop your entrepreneurial spirit while you contribute to a better world, you'll want to stay tuned for the next hour. Now, here's your host, Chris Cooper. Hello, this is Chris Cooper, and uh, speaking today from a, a chilly United Kingdom. It's it's good to be back after last week's show rerun of Teams with Kathy Tracy. Uh, this was due to Thanksgiving in the United States and Canada, and I hope those of you who celebrated it had a really enjoyable holiday. Uh, it was really interesting to hear today that the Teams recording is actually being used by the charity Bernardos in New Zealand to help with their team development. So, you know, great idea to take advantage of these resources. Um, also, I should let you know that next week's show is the last of this series. There will be reruns for a few weeks, and then in January, I've agreed to continue the show throughout 2012. So uh, thank you for your ongoing support with the program, and uh, I'm delighted that uh, we've taken this from a trial into a full show uh, for next year. Uh, moving on quickly to today's show, and with a very special guest today, Milos Stankovic, MBE, um, a lesson that I learned in my years in business and as an entrepreneur, not to mention life as a whole, is how you think and react to challenging circumstances. You know, being able to put them into perspective and take decisive action is essential. Now, in the horrors of war, where there are lives on the line, managing this process must take on even more meaning. One area I think is really important and is a principle in my ebook on how to be more to achieve more is mastery. And resilience is a key part of this. When things get tough, we have to be able to effectively move through the dips. On this show, we have someone who truly knows all about resilience. I met Milos on a course several years ago and we struck up an immediate rapport. I found him different to anyone I'd met before. He's passionate and tense, he's got gravitas, and he has an astonishing life story. I then went out and bought his book, Trusted Mole, and I read it with my mouth open most of the time from sheer admiration of Milos and the clarity and detail in the book and the absolute horror at some of the situations he experienced. When I finally put it down, my wife said to me, I want my husband back because I've been so gripped in this book. Now, this is a talk show. It's not a book promotion. Um, however, if you are interested in understanding more about the Bosnian conflict and Milos's story... Um, I've, I've recommended this book to a number of people, and they've all found it amazing. Born to Yugoslav and Scottish parents in Rhodesia, Milos Stankovic was raised in Britain speaking Serbo-Croatian and English. Educated in Latin and Greek, he went on to study Russian at Manchester University and in the USSR. From the outset, he had a deep understanding of linguistics and of cultural differences between the West and East. During the Cold War, he joined Britain's elite powers and had 20 years of active service in Northern Ireland, Central America, Southern Africa, the Gulf and the Balkans. 
A specialist in psychological operations, he spent three years in the Bosnian war in covert roles, partly described in his acclaimed book, Trusted Mole. He served longer in the Bosnian war than any other British soldier. For this work, he was decorated by the Queen with an MBE, that means member of the British Empire, it's a very high accolade. And then he was falsely arrested on suspicion of being a spy. His career and reputation were in tatters. He began a 10-year fight back to clear his name, and during this period, he began working in the TV industry in the United States and the United Kingdom, where he retrained in depth psychology and coaching. He is founder of Brave Hearts, a military charity that's dedicated to the support of veterans suffering from the psychological effects of war, and he applies his experience in psyops by branding individuals and businesses, a process that he calls full spectrum branding. On today's show, we're going to learn all about resilience and how it has helped Milos to rise again, a bit like a phoenix from the ashes. Milos Stankovic, uh, welcome. Thanks, Chris. How are you today? Fine. Excellent. Um, so, Milos, let's start by um, discussing you know, how you define resilience and why you think it's so needed and so important today. Yeah, well, probably the, um, the best point of departure is to is to tell you what it isn't, and it isn't um, uh, courage, because courage is a is a finite resource in people, um, which gets used up uh, the more you draw on it. Uh, it's not even mental toughness either, um, which flows from exercising the mind, I suppose, and the body, uh, uh, and a certain amount of inurement training. Uh, I was giggling today as I looked at the Wikipedia entry for resilience, uh, which I'll read now because it is quite appropriate. It says resilience is the property of a material to absorb energy when it is deformed elastically and then upon unloading to have this energy recovered, uh, which is partly true, uh, but we're really talking here about um, psychological resilience. Uh, and so the short answer to that question is is that I always fall back on um, a great quote from General George S. Patton. Um, and he said uh, the following, he said, I don't judge uh, uh, a man's success by how high he climbs, uh, but by how high he bounces when he hits bottom, which is uh, quite perspicacious because it presupposes um, this degree of uh, potential or latent energy or elastic deformation um, as one kind of drops into the abyss, but it's always there to be called upon um, to catapult yourself back up. So that, in a way, is is what resilience is. It's the ability to bounce uh, when you've hit bottom. So, so if, if, you've, if, if it's a resilience to bounce, is there some characteristics or qualities that are required to bounce back? Is, is courage not one of those? Yeah, I mean, you've got to have, look, all of life's challenges are really um, all these sort of disasters that we kind of generate for ourselves because uh, we do have a hand in creating our own stuff anyway. Uh, all of these things are really challenges and learning and growing opportunities. Um, so getting your head around that perspective is is part and parcel of it. But at a much deeper level, um, a certain amount of self-knowledge is is the key to um, releasing, if you like, uh, your full potential in terms of resilience. And that comes from 
um, you know, a sound basis of the knowledge of self. Yeah. And we were talking before the show about, you know, the, the current environment at the moment. Do you think there's a need right now for, for more resilience? Yeah, huge need. Uh, we're, we're, we're experiencing a, a sort of major uh, shift, particularly in the West, in the way we go about, um, you know, our lives and our business. Uh, you know, it's a cliche, probably true this time, to describe it as a paradigm shift, but we're, we're moving from one system that is no longer serving us, and we can see this all over the place in terms of the deficits we're all struggling to manage, um, the, the meltdown in the euro, the repeated attempts to bail this problem out um, by printing more money, quantitative easing as they call it, um, and literally we are piling old solutions onto very new problems. Um, and I'd say one of the best psychological models to look at the current climate through would be um, Claire W. Graves' uh, shortened name, Spiral Dynamics, uh, part of which uh, describes very, very clearly and uh, quite accurately this business, this area of change or transformation where we shift from one major paradigm to another um, and it, it always causes great uh, turbulence and um, instability and we're definitely in the gamma trap. Uh, so the good news is we're down there uh, or the bad news is we're down there but the good news is we can expect a thing called a delta surge which is new thinking uh, and new ways of going about our business and that will get us up and above the old way of doing things. I, th I think what you're trying to s you're saying in there is that actually maybe if we if we could stand back and look at this time in history, we'd actually see it potentially as being a very positive period in our history and our development and growth, um, as opposed to actually being down in it and it feeling very painful and tough. Is is that what, what you? Oh you yeah. That? When you're in the weeds, it always looks painful and tough. But um, you know, when we're all uh, shall we say, moving along and there's not much you know, to challenge us, uh, there isn't actually much room for growth or scope for improvement. Um, when we hit turbulent times where the rule books tend to go out of the window, uh, these, are the, these are the times when um, the most flexible and resilient people will thrive and those who have lesser degrees of uh, resilience and flexibility will not maintain themselves um, at the leading edge of uh, competitive advantage. Yeah. So, so be elastic and be resilient. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to find out and, and just talk a little bit more about you before we move further on. We've got only got about four minutes before we go into commercial break. So I know this is a very open-ended question. So maybe just um, start the story and explain about how you ended up in this dip. You know, could you, in your own words, could you just share a little bit about your story and your experience and you know why you've become such an expert on resilience? Well, uh, as you as you very eloquently stated at the beginning, Chris, uh, I experienced a, a double dip, if you like, a, a high um, in as a result of work I'd done in Bosnia, um, followed very very quickly by its exact polar opposite, which was vilification uh, by the very system that um, pinned a medal on my chest, uh, uh, and that process involved a, quite a humiliating public arrest. Uh, whilst I was at the um, Joint Command and Staff College, uh, equivalent would uh, would be at Fort Leavenworth in the States, um, 
removed from my peer group and put into a prison cell uh, and then for the next three years um, investigated uh, and it was remarkable how quickly friends ran for the hills and even members of my family sort of turned their back on me, not immediate family, um, which left, left me with myself as it were, <laughs> a bit like staring into a mirror um, and all of the all of those layers of um, identity that we that we create for ourselves got stripped away in in a nanosecond. It was like being put into a bath of acid, and and I emerged, you know, with this core of who I was. And it was fortunately I had this core, uh, and it had nothing to do with having been in the army. It w I had a very strong sense of self in the first instance, and I was able to draw on that to begin this process of bouncing back. Um, so, uh, you know, quite some change from from where you were. It's, um, it's incredible, and I, I know actually even before then, you know, some of the things that you experienced. We've only got a couple of minutes here. Uh, when you were doing the work that you did in Bosnia for three years, must have required enormous resilience as well. Uh, not as much as the subsequent events back here in the UK. I mean, out yeah. there it was a job, and I was very well trained for it. Um, in fact, I was exceedingly well trained for it um, in a way that I really can't go into uh, on a public radio. Um, and, uh, you know, there's a part of you that um, the horror of it all, uh, and people in, who've served in Iraq and Afghanistan will identify with this, the horror of it all uh, is containable to a certain extent by virtue of the inurement training that um, uh, is part and parcel of military life and the fact you've got a job to get on with uh, so you don't tend to sit around dwelling on horror. Um, you you cope with it in some way um, and get on with the job. So um, just yeah, it was a tough job. It was a hard paper round, um, but it wasn't. There were moments when it where it was enjoyable as well, and and satisfying. So so the the bit the biggest challenge comes when suddenly you have the rug pulled from under your feet, and, yeah. and everything changes. Yeah, that's right. You know, uh, particularly by the system that you, that I placed all my trust in. Yeah. When you place yourself out on a complete limb, as as I had done, and I was very exposed out there. I mean, I was running around with someone else's name. Uh, I was a different person. That's the whole issue of identity um, comes up with this one. Um, it was rather like a sort of born movie in outer space, uh, and. Um, but it was you could it was dealable with you know what wasn't uh, what came as a massive psychological shock uh, was the effect of being arrested by the by the very people who a kept you out there or kept me out there for such a long time and b had um, you know recognised that service um, in quite a profound and public way and then scrubbed the whole lot clean. Okay, well, on that note, let's uh, go to a commercial break now and we shall continue this conversation very shortly. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. If you are looking for creative ways to improve your bottom line, 
Tune in to Make Your Move with Alan and Brian Bolio. Their proven track record of helping businesses enhance their profitability will provide the basis for a forum about actionable items based on a business person's perspective. The program will be business talk, but with an economic context, so you'll know how to stay ahead of the game. Make Your Move is broadcast live every Monday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have you planned for your retirement yet? If you are a public sector employee, perhaps not. Studies have shown that employees of schools, educational institutions, governments, nonprofits, and public safety may lack the information they need to effectively prepare for retirement. For the answers you need, tune in to Lessons in Retirement, Retirement Planning for Public Sector Employees with host Jim Bishop, broadcasting live every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. It's sure to pay off in your future. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Leave no stone unturned. Leave your fears behind. And try to take the path less traveled by. That first step you take is the longest ride. You are tuned in to Be More, Achieve More with your host, Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to info at bemoreachievemore.com. That's info at bemoreachievemore.com. Now, back to Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper uh, of bemoreachievemore.com with uh, Milos Dankovic, MBE. Uh, Milos, we have been talking about your incredible journey and this situation where suddenly the rug was pulled from under your feet and life just transformed itself um, when you were arrested. What did you learn about yourself during this process? Yeah, well, I had a very um, interesting accelerated uh, crash course in personal development. I mean, people spend a lot of money uh, going down the personal development route, uh, and I got it in about 16 hours. Uh, as I said earlier, you know, these rather superficial um, emperor's clothes that we sort of create for ourselves and wear got burnt off uh, in an instant, and I was left with um, this sort of this person, which was who I really was, you know, and fortunately I'd had this kind of I'd never fully identified with the military archetypes uh, whilst I'd been in the, in the service. Uh, I always knew that they were archetypes that were important to embrace while you're doing this kind of job, but they never really are who you really are. Um, but as I say, you know, I got this kind of uh, uh, stripping out of the archetypes, as it were, and I was left with, with a core. Um, so... I guess that was the first major learning was that I, you know, had a had a good sense of who who, who I really was. I mean, I came from a very good, solid, well-founded and loving family. I mean, there was no sort of weird history in it, um, and so I kind of had that core stability to build on again. You mentioned to me, uh, you mentioned uh, briefly just before we finished, you were using a, a different name, yeah, uh, and. I'm just, you know, think from that, and you talk about archetypes. So I think you adopting different personas because of your role out there. Yeah. 
did this actually, are you saying this helped you to get back to your true authentic you? Yeah, in a way, because even the, even the personality and persona of uh, Mike Stanley um, was a construct um, devised specifically for that role in Bosnia. Um, you know, beyond that, the person doesn't exist. Um, and, and if he did, it would be really quite um, uh, schizophrenic, wouldn't it? Um, but it was, it was, uh, it was a, a, a function of, of the job out there. So once the job was over, that aspect of self disappears. You know, it's one of these superficialities that I was talking about. And then the real you is the real you underneath. But the layer underneath wasn't really me. It was just Milos, the army officer. Um, but when that was stripped off, you know, on the day of the arrest, because there was no going back to that profession. I mean, it was so massive, this um, attack on me. Uh, I knew it was over the, the moment they told me I was arrested. Um, uh, and then, you know, then that was the interesting journey was back to self, really, which began in a cell in Guildford uh, police station for 16 hours. I, I guess just to maybe help people on, you know, understand well, your, your role when you're out in Bosnia entailed you, um, I guess, be, be, uh, bringing on different personas to be able to influence uh, lots of different communities because you were one of what only about three people who could speak the different languages and really understood yeah no it wasn't it wasn't a role of different personas i had a different name out there to protect my identity because uh, there was a threat to anybody who came from that region or had a background in that region mm. um, therefore we went out with um, anglicized names as it were uh, and, and uh, in fact, I had to leave the Balkans because a price had been put on my head and I'd overexposed myself after three years um, of doing that job. So it was time to go. Um, but, the, but, the, but the persona was job specific. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm, I'm, I am dancing around this a little bit, Chris, because there's, um, there are aspects of, of um, if you like, um, covert operations that... Uh, are still subject to the um, Official Secrets Act, so sure, I understand. Yes, you know, people just have to kind of read between the lines a bit. I, I see. So, so moving on from that, then you know, one of the when you were arrested, mm. and this may be something that people, some people listening to this show might have experienced. It might just have been, you know, the loss of a job, for example. Uh, I've seen people who've had big, you know, big jobs or you know roles that were really important to them and then suddenly they get made redundant and then suddenly I think you described to me uh, the words of you know suddenly I had no purpose no plans no nothing yeah. and, f and for you it was the case of also the stress of needing to fight y your corner through the legal processes I mean what was that like well um, there are two, two issues here one is quite rightly um, Because I, because I was halfway through um, a well-defined career, obviously I had sort of created my military persona around that. Um, and when it is removed from you uh, in such a fundamental way, uh, you're, <laughs> you're left with nothing. I mean, uh, you know, all the plans that I'd had the day before didn't exist anymore. And that's how transient... Um, the real learning from that is that all these things that we get engaged in are very, very transient and can be removed from you um, uh, in an instant. And it's, uh, and it's how you cope with that psychological shock um, and start from scratch again 
you know, rebuilding what's left. That's the that's a key um, issue here. Uh, it's a key to understanding resilience. It's a key to understanding um, uh, this elasticity that um, is talked about, um, and it's key to understanding patterns bounce. Yeah. Uh, so you know, for me, it was an opportunity to to in, indulge myself in a bit of self-examination, and then from scratch and of course I had something to do now but it wasn't what I planned to do I now had a fight on my hands with the government and it took 10 years to get them into court but we got there and how you know during that period did you rediscover yourself and create a new a new uh, life how did I do it Chris yeah That's yeah question. yeah uh, how did you do it well it the, the, the central uh part of it was this ongoing um, state of war, if you like, with, you know, because that's what um, civil litigation is, it's, it's adversarial, uh, it is a war, and you fight it um, tactically, operationally, and strategically. Um, and so that was the central aspect of my life for 10 years, around which I did some interesting and quite amusing things, such as sort of working the TV and movie industry in the States and the UK and then um, more pertinently I guess because I do have this background in psychological operations and uh, and the, the role in the Balkans was psychological to a large extent um, I got into things like neurolinguistic programming and and that whole you know um, gamut of of depth psychology um, and various psychological models for understanding, um, you know, why we are the way we are as humans. You know, um, the whole issue of human existence, if you like. So, I mean, we'll, we should talk about archetypes because you mentioned archetypes a minute ago. But as you've mentioned, um, sort of the psyops and the depth psychology. I mean, how how would you how would you articulate those to people so they can understand what that means? Um, psychological operations or the archetypes? Well, start, start with this, start with psych, psych ops and we'll ask you about archetypes in a minute. In a, well, psychological operations is, is just a um, fancy military name for uh, marketing and advertising really but you know the, uh, the principles are identical. You're seeking to um, manage, manage the meaning of your message uh, in order to influence other people's thinking to generate um, a desired outcome. That's what you do um, with marketing and advertising. Uh, you want people to buy your product and therefore you manage the meaning of your brand um, in order to get people to willingly part with their money for your product. Uh, psychological operations, you're doing pretty much the same thing. Um, you're just uh, managing um, a communication process, uh, non-lethal with the enemy. It's a non-lethal attack on the enemy designed to get um, uh, usually the, the sort of um, the ground troops to think in a way that's advantageous to you, i.e. to get them to surrender. Um, it's usually quite a tricky thing to mount a, a psychological uh, attack on a, on a high-value target like a politician or a general, but it is possible, and I have experience of that myself, but that's, that's what it is. It's a non-lethal form of attack on the enemy in order to influence um, an outcome favorably for yourself. That's what psyops is. 
<coughs> so, so some of that, I mean, I've, I've heard of things like, you know, leaflet drops on, on troops and villagers to try yeah. to influence them. It's that sort of, that sort of thing, or maybe... That, that's, a, that's, a, that's an element of it. I mean, the, the United States uh, used it in Panama with Noriega. They used acoustic um, uh, attacks on the, the compound where he was. Uh, to great effect, they used leaflet drops um, that, uh, during the first Gulf War, and it was largely as a result of that that the, the British um, got back into the psyops games, uh, game, as it were, uh, because we left it largely speaking. Um, it was something we were very good at in the Second World War and had put to one side for quite a long time. Uh, but the result of the US um, use of it and experience of it in the first Gulf War, um, it it became vaguely mainstream in the in the British military. And I, I was on the first PSYOPs course when they reinstated it or reinstituted it. So that's PSYOPs for you. And in, in about a minute, yeah. uh, depth psychology. <laughs> <laughs> uh, depth psychology in a minute. Now you're really pushing it. <laughs> this is um, quite an interesting one. Uh, where to begin? Um, well, uh, you've heard me talk about archetypes on this program now. I'll mention archetypes. Uh, it's a Jungian-based um, uh, system uh, which really um, provides us with another language for understanding a, a very deep set of drivers, preferences, if you like, which are unique in all of us, but we all have the same archetypes. Um, that largely determine why we do what we do in life and how how we do it, our style of doing it. Um, it it's quite a colourful language based on mythological uh, 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 characters. Um, there are many different um, systems, archetypal systems, um, but they all effectively do the same thing. They talk to um, us in very unique ways. So, for example, you know, one one classic archetype is the lover. Uh, and if you are drawn to movies about um, romances and so on, it's highly likely that you have, you know, uh, uh, the, uh, the lover as an archetype is fairly active in you, or, it's, or it may even be your core archetype. I see. But, but they really act as, as guides in our, in our journeys of uh, discovery and self-discovery in life. Fantastic. Well, we'll, we'll continue that um, after the commercial break. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Entrepreneurial Insights is your weekly excursion into the world of business ownership. Presented by Sunbelt Business Brokers, the leading business brokerage and intermediary firm in the world, Entrepreneurial Insights will examine critical issues that impact both existing and prospective business owners. If you own or want to own a small business, listen for Entrepreneurial Insights with John Davies, Pino Boccianello, and Matt Ottaway. Fridays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We are in the midst of a global sovereign debt crisis that could lead to the ultimate risk for the world economy, the removal of the U.S. dollar as the world's reserve currency. What will this event really mean to the markets? And more importantly, what does it mean for you and your family? Listen to Global Currency Watch with your host, Stephen Ayer, to get a full and objective look at the world's sovereign debt crisis and help you prepare for when the crisis envelops the United States. Global Currency Watch airs live every Thursday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Business. Voice America Business Network. 
the bottom line in business. Leave no stone unturned. Leave your fears behind. And try to take the path less traveled by. That first step you take is the longest ride. You are tuned in to Be More, Achieve More with your host, Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to info at bemoreachievemore.com. That's info at bemoreachievemore.com. Now, back to Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper of Be More, Achieve More, and I'm here with Milos Stankovic, MBE. And just before the break, we were talking about um, Milos's incredible life journey and I asked him to explain what depth psychology was in one minute which I think is probably uh, a world record at being able to do that but Milos was doing it very very well and uh, we started to talk about archetypes and uh, he mentioned the archetype of the lover and I think there's probably you know a few to help explain this a bit further there's probably a few more archetypes that it might be helpful just to share to put some perspective on this so you know Milos perhaps um, in your journey maybe something like the warrior was something that you you might want to talk about and perhaps even the magician yeah I mean just to you know uh, put all of this into perspective there, there's an inscription at, at um, Delphi uh, the oracle in ancient Greece and it read um, know thyself and everything in moderation. So the the process of knowing yourself um, obviously is a process of self-reflection and 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 understanding what goes on at the deeper levels, uh, your own drivers. And this, this archetypal system is really um, just a new another language for understanding these deep deep level drivers that we all have. We all have the same archetypes, and it's all active or passive in different to different degrees. But they allow us to fulfill certain functions. So they're a bit like software programs that you, know, you get with your computer. Um, so the warrior in us is that capacity to basically, um, it's not just about fighting, it's about um, goal setting and goal getting. Um, and there are def- different levels of these archetypes, some quite capricious, um, immature levels, uh, uh, beat everyone up up to quite sophisticated and mature levels um, but if you're going to do something properly you need to ensure that you're hooking into the right energy so when I found myself in a in a very long and um, quite convoluted uh, legal war with the British government uh, it, you know I wasn't going to hook into the lover or or um, dare I say it the seeker although looking for solutions is part of part of uh, a good fight um, you know the warrior was the main archetype that I had to had to harness and 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 get into that archetype at the appropriate level um, which was not its highest level of expression which is seeking win-win solutions because I didn't w- want a win-win solution I wanted a win for me and a lose for them so you know I had to sort of select an archetypal level of um, energy that was appropriate for the fight um, you know, in other circumstances, I might choose a, a win-win type um, maturity of that particular archetype. Uh, so that's the warrior, um, and it served its purpose really well. Uh, and with the uh, these archetypal journeys, they they're related to um, something called the hero's journey, aren't they? That, that that sort of journey element in that at different periods in your life, you might use 
you know, different emphasis of these. And actually, isn't it that uh, life naturally has kind of ups and downs as you go through the journey? No, oh, absolutely. I mean, that's like, look, we don't, we don't learn very much when we go to schools and so on. Um, we pick up knowledge doing that, but we actually learn by experiencing experience, in other words, life. Um, uh, uh, and typically, this involves a cyclical journey that um, Carl Jung described as a, a, pro, a, a process of individuation. In other words, it's how you become an individual. Uh, and Joe Campbell described as the hero's journey. Both of them were describing the same process um, through which we kind of step out of our comfort zone, what's typically known as the kingdom. Uh, we get this kind of call to adventure, um, and it's either imposed on you, as it was with me, so my call to adventure was getting arrested, uh, 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 and some people choose to step over the threshold. Either way, you're on a journey into the unknown. Um, and we gain knowledge and we grow by confronting challenges and problems known as dragons, you know, in the language of, of um, archetypal application. And typically the journey takes us into the abyss. You know, we always reach a low point. Um, and then characteristically, it's the energy of the destroyer that gets us out of uh, the abyss. In other words, it allows us, if you harness it, to cut away all the things that we no longer need in life or that don't serve our continued growth and we come back into you know um, the kingdom as it were armed with this new knowledge and we apply it to ourselves and to our life um, and then we cycle through it all over again you know it never stops this process so in a way um, I, you know I was kind of chucked across the threshold as it were rather dramatically and found myself in the abyss all in one go and it was the energy of the uh, destroyer that cut it, that, you know, I harnessed that really fast and thought, right, that's it, it's over. Um, that old life doesn't exist anymore. Uh, what lies ahead? Um, so, you know, that, there you've got the, you know, the functioning of one very important archetype in our lives, which is the destroyer. And I might add also, uh, just to set the record straight on all this, that, that the 22 cards of the tarot, you know, are not linked to some sort of <laughs> mystical beings out there in outer space. They are aspects of ourselves. Um, so the destroyer, in terms of the tarot, is the death card. And the death card has everything to do with the death of the old things that no longer serve you. And they, it releases you to grow into the new you. In other words, to complete the cycle. So that's, um, that's the process of individuation or the hero's journey. Um, in a minute, Chris, or probably a bit more... <laughs> <laughs> spot here, haven't you? <laughs> Excellent. I'm, I'm um, interested as well to understand that it may, may help people who have been through or maybe sitting at the moment in that abyss as you described it. You know, what's your advice with, with people dealing with shock, you know, when they're in shock through, you know, a sudden change of circumstances? Yeah, I mean, it's not, gosh, um, it, yeah, that's quite a tough one actually Chris because everyone is different and everyone uh, processes psychological shock in different ways but um, I suppose the best advice I've got is to is to is to say what you really need to do is to um, center yourself in the sense that attempt to view all the events going around you um, from a detached point of view as though you're an observer of them and then understand that um, when you get to the abyss, when you are at that lowest point, that the journey can only get better. 
so long as um, you are prepared to let go of the past. Because if you don't do that, you will always find yourself stuck down in the abyss and you won't be able to, to move, move on. Um, it's very, very important to activate that, um, the energy of the destroyer. So the simple question is to say you know, to yourself, what, you know, what's going on here? What's happened? You know, what's missing? Uh, uh, you know, and what do we need to do next? In other words, what do I need to cut out of my life that, that has been holding me back or is keeping me stuck down here? And that is a process, um, frankly, of um, mindful awareness. You have to put your conscious attention on what's going on and try and ignore the, the drama that you're involved in. It's not that easy. Um, I'll probably make it sound easy, but then I've been through it, haven't I? Yeah. Uh, so I, you know, I can talk quite glibly about it. Um, but when we're when we are at the bot in the abyss of our own stuff, it is a highly subjective experience, which we take personally. The trick is to try and not take it personally. <clears throat> yeah, and it's, it's and it, I don't know for me in uh, in some of my journey when I've had a, a shock like uh, I remember get, being very sh surprised at suddenly losing a job going into work one day and suddenly I, I was walking out because there was trucks blocking the door it got into receivership I can remember having a quite a number of my family members die in a very short period of time it's almost uh, it was I almost had felt like I was out of my body for a while um, and I think it was dealing with that shock and it just takes it just take a bit of time uh, to adjust doesn't it yeah it's not something you do overnight no, it's, a, it's a process. It's uh, part of the journey. Yeah. So I just, um, I guess we've got about three minutes now uh, to probably um, ask you about... You know, Einstein's theory of special relativity. That's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm saving that for the last minute. Okay. <laughs> so uh, Brave, you, Braveheart, you know, you've gone through that experience and you're out of the ashes you've created a charity called Braveheart and, and a concept called Full Spectrum Branding Coaching. Um, you know, how, have you, how has this resilience then helped you create this new contribution that you're so passionate about? Well, I mean, it's these, these two um, activities that I'm involved in are, are the process of these journeys that we've been talking about. Uh, so very quickly, uh, the Braveheart program is the only military charity that is funding, um, commissioning and funding research into the psychological effects of military service. Um, part of which is combat-related post-traumatic stress disorder. And we've got a million-pound uh, neuroimaging um, program running at uh, Oxford University, first of its kind in the world, using uh, a MEG scanner. Um, so that's, that's Braveheart. Uh, and then, what was your other question? Full-spectrum uh, spe full branding was the... Yeah, um, there are... Branding and coaching. There's a there's a model that I work to, um, which is a which is really the, the synthesis of all of my experiences over the years. Um, and in essence, you know, people uh, trust other people and they trust brands, um, or they buy uh, uh, brands from uh, people that they trust, and they buy brands they trust. So trust is a very important component of. Uh, the interrelationship between you and another and you and your potential market. Uh, and we create trust by paying equal attention to three things. One's um, the level of perceived commitment that you 
demonstrate. Um, obviously, competence is another. You have to be, you know, has to do what it says on the tin. Um, and then consistency of uh, brand, look, feel, and message. But that's really, um, these three are operating at a psychologically quite shallow level, at a much deeper level. Um, we, we instinctively trust people and things that appear authentic. And how you create authenticity beneath commitment, consistency, and competence is, um, uh, is, is a feature and a factor of um, what I call full-spectrum branding. In other words, you, you align who a person is or what the, bra what the brand um, stands for with its identity and then its presence. So it's a three-step process, essence, identity, and presence, um, an alignment of those three create authenticity and then lead to trust. So that, you know, in a nutshell, that's what full-spectrum branding is. It, it's the management of, of the meaning behind trust um, through the, the psychological spectrum and across the um, entire uh, spectrum of communications media, including uh, social media these days. We'll talk, we'll talk more about so the internet and and social media after the next uh, commercial break. So we'll be back with you very shortly. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Do you need directions to solid financial future? If so, the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with a roadmap to making smart money decisions in every area of your personal finances. Join Jordan every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern for the Money Answers Show on the Voice America Business Channel. Learn how and where to get the best deals on mortgages, cars, and insurance. Find out the best ways to save for college and retirement. Get out of debt, improve your credit rating, and save on your taxes. The Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with great tips on investment opportunities in real estate, stocks, annuities, and other investment vehicles. That's the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman on the Voice America Business Channel every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. If you currently or aspire to serve on a board or work in a leadership capacity for or with a public or nonprofit organization, where can you turn to get the best advice and practices? How about Leadership Matters with Dr. G? Our program discusses challenges facing both public and nonprofit leaders. Don't miss these practical solutions and tips to enhance your leadership style and effectiveness. Leadership Matters with Dr. G airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network. Leave no stone unturned. Leave your fears behind And try to take the path less traveled by That first step you take is the longest ride You are tuned in to Be More, Achieve More with your host, Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to info at bemoreachievemore.com That's info at bemoreachievemore.com now, back to Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper with Milos Stankovic, MBE. 
Uh, before the break, we were talking about um, a concept called full-spectrum branding and coaching, and Milos also mentioned social media. And, and I think something really important that we're starting to move on to here um, about, about branding is, is the internet, Milos, and you know, how people can you know, get it wrong, because it's quite difficult to manage your messages on the internet. I mean, what is your perspective around this? How do people get it wrong? Yeah, well, part, part, of, part of this uh, uh, full-spectrum uh, branding uh, approach is, is assisting um, clients to get their, get their message. You know, obviously, you create the psychological um, uh, alignment, uh, so they show up uh, as a brand or as a person um, in the way that is most advantageous to them and is most authentically true. Um, but then you've got to get this out across all of the all of the various media, and that 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 means from you know how you speak, how you present yourself, all the way through to how what your digital signature is like across the internet. All of this has to be entirely consistent. Um, and the biggest mistake that I see is the is um, is where people are incorrectly using social media uh, and they're, they're seeing it simply as an adjunct to sales and marketing which it definitely is not um, it is every business's golden opportunity to demonstrate um, the authenticity and trust uh, that they would like their followers to have in the brand um, through creating um, long-term and meaningful relationships that's the basis of a two-way system like Facebook, for example. Uh, all too often I see, I see people quite crassly trying to sell their products to people. And in fact, clever people should be, you know, this is where we get into the whole PSYOPs thing, using um, uh, social media to subliminally get their messages across by engaging people in meaningful conversations and typically they should be 95% on receive and 5% on transmit but quite often it's the other way around and it and it puts people off because there are there are um, uh, codes of behavior if you like um, that are very specific to the use of social media so you know uh, a clever business will use its traditional um, electronic emails and what have you and and it's and it's uh, web presence for direct marketing, in other words, direct messaging, and social media represents an opportunity to get involved in relationship building and indirect subliminal messaging. That's what it's about, but not very people, not very many people are doing it well. <coughs> it's also something that seems to take an awful lot of resilience to keep working with, to, to, to get right. I um, well, I'd say persistence being one of the cornerstones of mastery is persistence is more appropriate to what you're saying than, than yes. resistance, I guess. Um, you, you have to work to a methodology. It is, this is not... You know, do you know that the, the biggest demographic sign-up to Facebook now um, are the 50 to 60-year-olds, uh, typically women? The, now, these are people who have money in their pockets. Angst-ridden teenagers don't. So that's why marketeers are now sort of focusing on this phenomenon that um, has 800 million users and will probably very shortly have you know, one in seven human beings on this planet signed up. That represents a significant opportunity to demonstrate 
um, relationship building for any business, and it's particularly suitable for small to medium enterprises. How, how, do, you, how do you do this, Milos, so that you, you've talked about kind of subliminally leaving messages? And um, from my perspective, I just want to be able to use um, social media to be able to get some messages across that help other people. I mean, it's, it's coming from an authentic place yeah. and wanting to add value. Of course, I need to, I need to make sure that my business um, generates revenue so that I can grow it to add more value to more people. But how do you do it so that you, you do it in a very authentic way? Do you want this in one minute? Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on a minute. If I told you how to do this, no one would hire me, right? <laughs> Maybe we have to get you back for another show. <laughs> well, indeed. Um, I, no, I can't go into that because it's an art. Mm. And I, I wouldn't do the process justice. Um, you know, a good, a good advertiser will tell you how to do this. This is not rocket science, but it's a question of doing it in such a way that, um, it, you know, the trust and authenticity underpins it. If you, if you try and do it in, in any other way, if that uh, core authenticity isn't there, guess what? It just stinks of manipulation. And anyone can smell that eventually because you just know it's not authentic. So um, the, the key driver, um, the subliminal element to this is creating authenticity. You can't fake authenticity. It just is. That's the hard bit. And that's a subliminal bit. Mm. And, and it's, a, it's an, an art that you can learn. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Um, and a craft that you can apply as well. Now, now in, about, in about a minute, Milos, yes. um, is there one key message you would like to leave people with from this interview? Yeah, I would say um, that the, the turbulence that we are now experiencing um, uh, in our economies is definitely um, should be embraced and seen as a as a growth opportunity. Um, that to get through it positively and strongly, uh, you need to hook into and develop um, your own personal resilience. And resilience, incidentally, is contagious. Um, people working for you will pick up on it. Um, so this is about good leadership as well. If you are uh, managing or leading people. Um, and it is, I guess, to quote Churchill, you know, um, uh, never, 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 never give in, never give in, never give in, um, and always keep going. Uh, that's, I guess, the essence uh, of resilience. Great. Well, thank you, thank you very much for that, Milos. Um, so we've got about three minutes left, actually, to the end of the show. Um, but I just want to also... Uh, mentioned that uh, Milos has helped me and just a tiny fraction of what uh, Milos can do he's demonstrated with my Facebook pages and uh, Milos helped create them and he did that at uh, www.facebook.com slash be more achieve more and what he's done is uh, designed uh, some different elements to the, um, the, the Facebook to enable people to understand what it is that I do and developed a, a sense of branding because um, Milos looked at what I was doing. I was very inconsistent. I have to be honest. I was inconsistent across um, from some some of the things from my website, from my branding to the footers to my emails. And uh, Milos really helped almost put a mirror up to what I'm doing. So, thanks for that, Milos. Pleasure. Um, 
and if you want to find out more about how Milos um, could help you, there's a banner on my show page. Now, um, click on that, and it will take you to some Facebook pages where you can find out a bit more. Now, this site is work in progress, and uh, you can watch it evolve over the next few weeks. Um, I think Milos has been so busy helping other people, um, as he clearly has done throughout his career, that he's now um, also focusing on uh, developing his presence. I'd just like to say a huge thank you to you, Milos. I think uh, it's been a, a fabulous and really insightful session that we've spent with you. Well, thank you, Chris. Um, so uh, really good to have you on the show, and I'd love to get you back in 2012 as well, because I think there's, there's more that we can talk about and, and learn from your amazing life experiences and the knowledge that you have. Um, so just to um, quickly uh, summarize and uh, mention next week's uh, show, uh, I think uh, I'll probably have summarized, but next week will be a little bit different. Um, I wanted to summarize this series because this is going to be the last show next week until we start again in January. Uh, there will be some reruns of shows running over through Christmas and into the early part of the new year. And I decided that um, maybe the best way of summarizing some of the key learnings and some of the wisdom that uh, some of the amazing guests that have been on the show have shared was for me to be interviewed myself. So we have an excellent trainer and speaker, Stuart Powell, who's going to do that. And I'll share my take on some of the key learnings during the series and what that has, has helped me with in, in my life and business. So do tune in. Any questions or feedback, please send them to info at bemoreachievemore.com. Please leave any comments on the Facebook page at facebook.com slash bemoreachievemore. Thanks again, Milosh, and uh, look forward to speaking to you all again next week. We thank you for listening to Be More, Achieve More. Please join your host, Chris Cooper, again next Friday at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Enjoy your week. Oh,